Welcome everyone to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming every Friday. I'm Brad McAfee, producer and editor of this podcast. I'm Jay Bratt, a virtual reality YouTuber. I'm Adam Charlton, a VR game developer who always seems to have audio problems. It's true. I'm Destiny Wheeler, entrepreneur and VR enthusiast. And we are all sitting here in VR, interacting as if we were really together in one room. So check out the YouTube channel if you want to see us in our lovely VR avatar faces. We run the podcast in three sections. First, a VR gaming news section. Second, we'll be talking about our experiences with some of the new VR games to come out this week. And third, but not least, we'll be talking about, well, this one t- changes week to week, first off. We'll be talking about the benefits of room scale in VR. Last week, we talked about how we all got into VR. Check out last week's podcast to hear all about it. We've got some uh, Q&A before we hop into the news section. Um, Destiny will be starting us off. All right, so for the first question, we have it from Starsight. Which headsets do you guys have? I, me For me personally, I have the uh, Oculus Quest. What about you, Adam? I have the Vive, but I also use the Index controllers. Mm-hmm. He's fancy. <laughs> or fancy man jay what I'm also, didn't you also just order an index though i feel like you i be do have an index on order but they are seriously backlogged right now oh, yeah so it's taking forever <laughs> so in three to six months he'll have an index uh, yeah. i i have a psvr a rift s and today my quest just came in the mail i just opened the box today I'm oh you got another one i did i did i gotta get back oh. into the quest game so now i've got Three headsets, two more to go. How about you? Nice. I've got a Rift S, and I'm actually going to be ordering an Index as well. Um, well, it's on order, but I'm, so I guess I'm going to be if like when you place your order, it doesn't really feel like you've ordered one because you're just on this super long wait list. Um, so it, it feels more like you're ordering once like it actually gets close to shipment. They're like, please pay us now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when I'll believe that it's coming. <laughs> painful speaking of getting headsets our next question comes from noah nelson noah asks should i get a vive for 200 dollars, or since i have a smaller room should i go with the oculus quest option since i can link it to my pc and play the pc vr games that i've been wanting to play noah i know for a fact that you actually ended up getting this headset after you asked the question for free so I'm going to say <laughs> a free Vive always beats an Oculus Quest. But to answer, yeah, to answer more for other what you're people. actually asking. Yeah, for, for anyone, if you can get a free VR headset, I don't care what it is, take the free VR headset. It's worth <laughs> it. It could be a Windows Mixed Reality, uh, one of yeah. the terrible ones, and pr- take it for free. Uh, you're asking, so basically, does it matter if you have the room scale? So the Vive will still work even if you're sitting, you're stuck in place. If you get those sensors up and to see you, it still works great. So you don't have to really worry about, oh, do I have to have space for a vibe? You can still play the game sitting in place and stay there. But outside of that, I mean, if it were the vibe was 400 and the quest was 400, I I would probably say go quest uh, personally. What do you guys think? Yeah, especially now that it has the option to use the link um, and you basically get a lot of the same benefits that a PC VR headset does have. I think absolutely quest. Like I don't regret my purchase at all. Quest definitely seems to be the way to go. And even someone who owns the Vive, the Quest is where all of the brand new features that Facebook is trying to put out, all of the um, really cool experimental stuff like hand tracking. Quest really seems, between the Quest, which is constantly getting feature updates, and the Vive, which kind of feels a little older and outdated now, definitely the Quest. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think you're setting yourself... Like, even as a Rift S owner, which is a fairly recent headset, it feels more and more like Oculus have kind of forgotten that they released the Rift S. <laughs> <laughs> as as the, the Quest continues to get lots of updates, lots of new firmware, so... Um, you're really you're really setting yourself up well by getting a quest at this point. Yeah. And hand tracking. Yeah. Hand tracking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna get it. No. Um, I mean, you know, not we that it needs that it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it would be nice. You know, we've have cameras. Why didn't we get it? Right. Anyway, um, speaking of uh, why perhaps to get the Oculus Quest, Mister. Matties asks, "How does the Oculus Quest have such good performance?" Um. Optimization, optimization, optimization is is the answer to that. You've got uh, specs in there that are comparable to like it, some of those supposed like gaming phones. But the truth is, when you have a gaming phone that doesn't need phone calls, doesn't need the Android OS, doesn't need all these other things, it's just running the Oculus software and games, you can get a lot out of a little. And that's, I mean, that's how like a lot of, that's how video game consoles operate. That's how um, Macs, despite having often worse hardware than Windows, their OS is so streamlined and so optimized that it doesn't matter. They last forever. So Quest, super same way. Even though it's got specs that aren't like blow your mind impressive, not even remotely, they've, they, you know, everything, they require that their games are, um, posted to the Oculus software are like meet a certain level of reliability. Otherwise, we'd be seeing a lot more games that are don't run very well at all on the Quest. Kind of like how iPhones have like you, you need to like have your game vetted before you can post it on like the Android Play Store where anyone can post anything. So optimize games, optimize OS. That's that's how they do it. Yep, they are very picky too about what games go on the quest because they want it to be represented really well by any of its games. So, like one of the games, one game that I really wanted to play on the quest, and one game that I love is called To the Top, uh, parkour kind of simulator game. And Oculus said no; they said it looked too tech demo-y, and they wouldn't let it be on the quest. Which I was, I was sad. Wow, I didn't realize that they had such a vetting process for the con for the headset. Oh yeah, I mean, if you just compare the. If you just compare this, I mean, that's just Oculus versus Steam in general. If you just look at the Steam games that are releasing all the time, a lot of them are just, like, really simple stuff that someone, like, made in, I don't know, a very small amount of time and just uploaded to the <laughs> Steam store. Oculus is like, no, we want, like, real games. So they have a smaller store, but they're all vetted, and therefore people expect a higher quality out of them. It's exactly like the, Oculus more and more reminds me of Apple in everything they're doing. Right. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why Pavlovchuk um, has been getting delayed for the release, if I'm not wrong. But I think they were having a hard time trying to get a lot of approvals and a lot of things through Quest to get it in the store. And that's a shame. Pavlov is something that should be experienced by everyone. <laughs> no, for sure. And yeah. as is, it seems ready to go, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely a, a trade-off. You have do you want to just be able to have more of your favorite games in there, but they're not going to run all that well? Or would you prefer knowing that Oculus is going to make sure that whatever the Pavlov devs are doing, it's going to be good because Oculus won't have it any other way. You know, it's a trade-off. 
Okay, with that, we are able to move into the news section. This week's news section is brought to you by no one. We have no, excuse me, we no one. We have no sponsors. But if you'd like to be a sponsor for this podcast, reach out to me at ripmacfee at fulldivepodcast.com. Uh, spelling is uh, in the show notes. It's on the website. It's all sorts of places. News piece number one. All right, and I'll take it from here. So this first news uh, piece is about Blade and Sorcery, the physics-based combat sandbox. It's not quite out of early access just yet, but it did re- uh, but it did receive a massive update eight, which brings Sorcery to the Blade and Sorcery title, introducing. All revamped new spells and armor systems, weapons, armor, and a lot, lot more blades. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, huge update. Huge update, and I did get a chance to play it earlier this week, and Ooh. it is truly living up to the name. It is incredible to have the new magical effects. It works really seamlessly into the game and has lots mm-hmm. of interesting interactions with all of Blade and Sorcery's existing features. It's a great step in the right direction. That's good news to hear, because I've, I've played some Blade and Sorcery before this update, and was there even one spell besides Lightning then? Because I was trying to find I it, and all two. I could find. What, what was the other two? Uh, maybe Time Slow. So they had Lightning, yeah. which is like an actual spell, and then they had Slow Time, which isn't really a spell, but a kind right. of a cool feature bullet time yeah. basically okay yeah. i'm i'm excited i gotta check this out also because the weapons it seems like you get in there and there's this pretty big library but like 20 minutes in you're like okay i've kind of like tried every weapon already so <laughs> that that gets me excited and want, gets me wanting to get back into the game because that's that's pretty cool right yeah, yeah so pretty- the interesting thing about the update though in my opinion isn't the new stuff that gets added but how the new stuff interacts with each other and so one of the biggest things about this update is all of the armor pieces. So all of the enemies now have different armor. You can have leather mm. armor, you can have metal armor layered in different places. So a person can have like a metal helmet and leather chest armor. Um, and that so your cool. blunt weapons won't work all that well against leather, but works really well against steel. If you have a blade, you can't really slice into that metal armor, but you can heat it up with your fire spell and it cuts like a knife through butter. that's interesting yeah there's a lot of really interesting interactions now does it slow your movement the armor um i don't believe that there's player armor yet only npc armor okay i don't know if you've ever seen like videos of like people who actually wear armor but for the most part real armor doesn't slow you down nearly as much as uh media likes to make it out to people in armor the paper yeah you could does (laughs) yeah you could you could sprint in a full set of armor like oh, wow. that stuff doesn't slow you down that much. New Olympic sport, maybe. Yeah. Destiny, have you? <laughs> Destiny, have you played Blade and Sorcery? Sorcery? No, but like, okay, I've seen a lot of funny videos being made in the game <laughs> from more just like role playing. Um, so it looks great. It looks hilarious, <laughs> but I don't know if I can play it now and like take it as serious as it's meant to be. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it looks fine. So I mean, maybe I'll check it out one day. <laughs> I don't, no, I, don't... I do have, there are some reservations about Blade and Sorcery, right? Like, it is an incredibly hyper-violent game, and that sort of thing doesn't bug me normally, <laughs> but it is the definitely one of the games where, I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have always heard, oh, video games cause violence, right? 
this is mm. maybe the one game where I can kind of see where they're coming from. <laughs> it looks very brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's where, so this is, this is funny because Nat, my wife, I talk about her stuff. She, she had seen some of the videos with me and was like shocked and like, this is appalling. This looks terrible. And then she, I got her to play it uh, and she was like, okay, this is actually pretty fun. Like yes. it's, it's real enough that like, yeah, it feels like you're like fighting people stuff, but at the same time, it's still fake enough that you can laugh. You can enjoy it. You don't have to actually be a psycho to enjoy the game. Right. Like GTA. <laughs> I, I one question that I, I kind of asked when first playing this game, I do wonder. So like, oh, man, and we're, I'm not going to take us off on this tangent. I'm going to cut myself off. But I just want to say this. I do wonder, like, if someone had urges that weren't healthy versus like, could they mm-hmm. actually play a game like that and get them out in a way that didn't hurt other people? But I'm going to cut it off right there. We're gonna move on. Talk about some different news because that is way too deep of a yes. rabbit hole. Leave, start leave it for the listeners to comment on or whatever. <laughs> Tell us you're what on, you think out there. Yeah, and if you're listening and you're like, I can't comment on Spotify, perhaps join the Discord community. Mm, yes, it's in the show notes. <laughs> it's a place to be. It's a happening place. We we have like as many people there as we have subscribers on YouTube. So it's yeah. happening. Uh, let's move on. News piece number two. So, Cat VR. If you haven't heard the name Cat VR, it's one of these several companies right now that's fighting to basically build omnidirectional treadmills. So, for the listeners out there, if you don't know what that is, if you watched the movie Ready Player One, you saw him stuck in place with something holding his body, and he was physically running with his actual legs. There are many companies basically all trying to beat each other to production and get these into people's homes. Cat VR. They're a China-based company. They are known for kicking starting their original Catwalk VR treadmill in 2015. It's once again returning to the crowdfunding platform to launch a new product later this month, serving up a VR treadmill called Catwalk C. It promises to appeal to at-home customers. And I can tell you, it seems like it because in the trailer, everything they're showing you, they're not showing you arcades, they're not showing you houses. They're showing these sitting next to your TV in your living room. They're showing it in your living space the thing that bugged me in all the trailers i don't know if you guys watched all of them yet the person you're supposed to be able to physically turn the person never did in any of the trailers (laughs) so i'm wondering if that feature isn't quite done yet it it was in it i do they they did a horrible job of showing it but if you look closely you do actually see that as he turns it seems to be sort of like pressure sensitive because it would be once he turned a certain amount the the thing that was like holding him to the thing would suddenly just like jerk over to like meet his new position. Ah, um, but it was but he was moving so little that it wasn't like it, they definitely should have had him really spinning. Yeah, but um, it, like it, it was, was moving. It was moving. Okay, well that's interesting because I don't know. There's uh there's a video that I recommended to talk about because it shows like a lot of these different treadmills and there's different ideas. So the one thing about the catwalk that you need to realize you're it's in, you're standing in a bowl. So some people say that's good. Some people say that's bad because in real life, you don't walk in a bowl. You walk on flat surfaces. So people Wait, think what? It should be, <laughs> yeah. It's in this giant bowl thing. So you like when you step, you hit the edge of the bowl and you kind of slide across. But the thing that bugs me about it is they include the shoes for you. But are you going to have 14 sizes of shoes in your house so every friend who comes over can try this thing? Are you going to make them wear six pairs of oh. socks to fit into your shoes? It's I frictionless shoes. It's... There's other headsets that haven't come to market, like the virtualizer. I think that's my personal favorite, where you just wear socks, and that makes way more sense in a home environment. So, right. I don't know. Later um, this month, that seems lofty. 
And for those curious, they are going to be pricing this at around $700 um, retail, Oof. which, okay, while that sounds like a lot, if you're familiar with, I mean, first off, it's a VR tech where everything's like yeah, super prototype. True. And, you know, if you're expecting to only sell like so many of these, honestly, I I heard 700 and I was like, yeah, if I like had money to burn compared to other things to spend money on, 700 isn't that much. It's It's a lot. But in terms of enthusiast level, like, like hobby level, um, high end gear, seven hundred isn't that bad. Oh yeah. Oh, it's way cheaper. Most are thousands of dollars, let alone in the hundreds. Uh, this is literally the first good treadmill I've seen that's in, that's below a thousand dollars. So the Omni, we're is coming the along only one I. Only one I think it's actually being produced. And I think it's about six hundred. Right. But the big problem with the Omni is you have a ring all the way around you that you can't see while you're in VR. So anytime you reach your hands down, you're risking smacking this ring. Where the catwalk, if you if you go look at it online, it holds you from behind basically these two bars. So really, it should be pretty hard to ever accidentally hit these bars. It shouldn't be easy to do. Uh, and it it also had it looked like it had a, it had a fairly good system. My my biggest concern with these sorts of treadmills is I want to be able to crouch and stuff when I'm playing these games. And most of these treadmills are like, you you know, it straps to your midsection and it it, it rotates, but it doesn't account for moving up and down. Um, this one it showed the guy like doing like he was playing onward. So that's the one game I want to be playing this with. Really, is like that's my main game. So seeing him like crouching and getting to a kneeling position and doing all these things. And not he didn't look like he was having to fuss with anything. That was super cool. Crouching in a bowl seems kind of weird, though. I don't know. And and yeah. to those people, <laughs> a lot of people out there might even be asking right now, why the hell would you want to go running in the video game world? Why this is for people like us who are really into VR. We want maximum immersion. I want to feel like I'm literally inside right. of the game. A lot of people think that's crazy. They don't want to be standing and running and crouching. Uh, no, I want to feel like I'm in it. So I really want one's going to do it. That's where some of the other ones that haven't been fully produced yet. I'm I'm hopeful that some of them will also come to market because I think this one looks good for the price point. But like you're saying, there are other ones that let you really crouch freely because they have weight compensation systems built into the ring that's holding you. And I'd love to see something like that because I want to just feel like I'm in the game. Forget that. Forget that the world even exists outside. But that's what I want. Full immersion. Have you played any of the games where to like move in the game you actually have to be running? <laughs> yeah, yes. like like um or, well like place. where you like move your hands as if you're running, is that what you're talking about? I've had the ones where you move your legs, where you have to like jump almost like well, leg now to that leg. You have your quest back, you need to look it up. It's on side quest. It's kind of like um a version of Minecraft. I don't remember the name of it though. But it's still in early development, but it's the first and only game I've played like that where it felt like I was trying to figure out if it was just your hands or your whole body. It worked better if it was your whole body, but it's pretty crazy. Huh. So you're kind of jogging in place. Yeah, there's yeah, there's there's games on even on PSVR. There's evasion where that's one of the modes you can use. It is so awkward to run yeah, in place. So like kind of awkward. Just, it just doesn't feel right. But supposedly the main reason some of them come with that is because if you're motion, if you have motion sickness, that won't, that will keep it from happening because your body feels the movement. So like it was, it was so weird. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move us on to the next news piece. So this one, it's about project cars three. All five people in the audience got excited. So 
<laughs> so Project Cars 3, the upcoming sequel to the racing simulator franchise of Project Cars, is set to include VR support when it launches this summer on PC. The game which recently unveiled sl- wait, did I read this right? The game which was the game which was recently unveiled by Slightly Mad Studios is set to include a bevy of new features in addition to the 12K resolution and what it calls best in, in quotations, best in class VR support on PC, which actually is really cool to see from a company that is creating a not VR first game, you know, to have that level of like, we want it to be the best VR racing sim. Pretty cool. Just wait till we get 12K resolution in a VR headset. That way yeah. it can fully support it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is crazy. I can't imagine. I can't imagine how good that would look, and I can't imagine how many video cards you would need to run it. Uh, <laughs> My headset looks better than real life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the future. It's real. There are, I mean, there are TVs, like, you know, some of the high-end OLED TVs that you have, and you look at it, and it's like, this is more colorful and more real than real life. Like, eventually, the headsets will be to that point, and it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Mm. But Oh, I don't it's know. definitely going to get there. I see where <laughs> you bring up Project Cars, even though it's not a fully VR game. They're really going for this. I think that's smart because I can't tell you how many videos I've seen of people who are these full three monitor cockpit racing sim type right. people. The minute they try a game in VR, they get rid of their whole rig because it's just so much more real. Absolutely. Uh, it makes a huge difference. So I, I think they're smart to do that because they're realizing the sim racing world is going to move very swiftly to VR and get rid of all of those crazy cockpit setups, honestly. Yeah, that we have a very similar thing going on with um, uh, for those that are familiar, Microsoft Flight Simulator has been getting like more and more trailers and more and more details. But one of the things we're most looking forward to as VR users is VR support because most flight sims have VR support now. And it's when when the first details were coming out and we got some trailers of Microsoft Flight Sim, they were like, we don't have any plans to support VR, and. <laughs> the VR flight community is large now, and they were very vocal. They're like, "What are you guys doing? Like, all of your people are moving to VR now. This is like, this is where we're going." So they totally did a 180. It's not we're not expecting VR on support uh, or on launch like Project Cars is doing, but they have been saying like VR is now like really a focus for ours. It's probably still not going to come out at launch, but we're hoping to get it out. Um, at, at at some point after launch, which is cool to see. So um, I'm just going to say a little bit about Project Cars 3 for those that are like, okay, cool, that has VR support. But I want to hear a little bit about the game rip. Um, so uh, I don't know if you guys have watched the... Oh, my hands, why do they do this? Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the trailer um, or have played the previous Project Cars 2, but this one looks to be a little bit more focused on sort of street cars and street racing. Mm, it's yes. less of... Like almost uh, Forza Horizons ish. I don't think it's still going to be on tracks, unlike Forza Horizon, which was more of like a free realm thing. Um, but it's it it is going to be more sports cars. Let we, we haven't we've literally seen like either very little to no footage of like like uh, GT racing or Formula racing. Now, I think a lot of people are excited about this because a lot of people are into sports cars. Admittedly, for myself, I'm the kind of person that likes the racing stuff. I play these games because I'm like, I want to get strapped into a GT car, or I want to, I want to be, I want to play a formula. I want to play in a formula car. That's the cool part to me. 
Um, and especially one of my favorite parts about Project Cars 2 is that you have a whole career in these games. You, as someone who's like total, has only gotten into these kinds of games after getting into VR, because I didn't care to like play these games on a monitor, the, I was so inexperienced that I enjoyed being able to work through a career of, all right, I'm working in like the beginning sort of like I st you start in carts and then you can go to like early GT stuff and then work your way up till you're at like GT five or whatever it is, or like up to formula one, like stuff like that. I worry they're not going to have that focus. And for people like me, where it's more about Sims of the races, I don't know. I don't know. I worry it's a little more arcadey than I'd like. I wonder if they're going to keep the real car physics, but just give the more cars. Cause I mean, I, I liked, uh, oh, what was it called? Drive club. It was kind of arcadey, but it was really cool to be able to give someone a VR headset and put them inside of a Porsche or something. And they were like, <laughs> wow, look at this car. Like that's where you can excite other people with it for the hardcore diehard enthusiasts. Like you yeah, guys might not be exactly what you're wanting, but I think I'm more interested in it hearing that side because I want to play in some of these crazy high end cars and go crash right. them and see how it feels. Right. So. I want to play in a Porsche. <laughs> Say again. I want to play in a Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, I see the appeal. It's, it is cool. There, though I wasn't the only one that was saying this, there were a lot of comments on these. Uh, I was watching it on YouTube, so it was YouTube comments. And there were a lot of people that were saying, even for sports cars, they weren't, they were worried that Project Cars wouldn't be the project of cars that the previous games were, where they're going for more variety instead of more focus. And a lot of us play because we want, like, we want those wheels to warm up and we want the tracks to warm up as more cars go over them. And like, you know, those, those little details um, that make, do make a big difference in real life. So once you know what to look for, you know when it's missing. So yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. I, I like arcade stuff too, but I want, you know, there's a, there's a ton of games that do racing and there's a lot of games that do VR racing. Now project cars, you are the, sim game <laughs> you know <laughs> stay in your lane people <laughs> yeah live up to it you know if if you keep making those games then that entire sim community is going to get your game i don't know that's, that's my opinion that's my opinion my two cents <laughs> well we'll see how it is when it comes out yes yes all right destiny take us away zero caliber vr yeah, so up next, Xtrol Games announces Zero Caliber VR, four-player co-op shooter Gambit coming in 2021. So it's been described as a road movie-style adventure full of tracks, guns, and rock and roll. And they have a small, short trailer that you can watch. Um, it's kind of like a teaser of it. And it looks very like post-apocalyptic, kind of like Mad Max. So I really dig the whole vibe of it. Like I really like the style. I didn't get chance, the chance to see this trailer. Have you guys seen it? I haven't, but even just reading the road movie style, I immediately thought Mad Max. Like, it's yeah. exactly what I was imagining. <laughs> I, I love it. So I think I'll definitely be checking that out. Hmm. So so you saw the trailer, right? Yeah, but it literally is like a 13-second trailer. Like, it doesn't oh. really give you hardly any insight to even, like, the details gameplay. of the game. Yeah, exactly, like gameplay or anything. Um, Just a little bit of the visuals. But that in itself, you know, is definitely enough to get me hooked in as far as the actual game itself. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> hmm. And is this going to be a separate game or in addition to their already existing Zero Caliper VR? 
I think it's a separate one. At least that's, I mean, what my takeaway from it was. That's, I actually thought when I first read it that it was like DLC. And then when I reread it, I was like, okay, I think this is a separate game. So yeah, I think it is something totally different. And with four player cop and cars, the immediate thing I think and hope is that one person's driving, two people are gunning. Like I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's something like that because I hope it's not just four people stuck in a car together shooting. Like I hope someone's actually driving it and there's some open environments. Right. Like, I mean, I would, us some high hopes. <laughs> I, I would be totally okay with just like, if you've seen Mad Max two, that like scene where they're just on the big old truck and fighting from that, I would be so down for it. Just that. That would be that would be sweet. <laughs> you know, they don't have the license for it, but I'm glad that honestly somebody's coming out with a game that is that style because there's not a lot of games out there um yeah. that are, yeah. you know, based around that. Yes, but as someone who has played Zero Caliber VR, uh, at least the original one, I have some hesitations. So the Zero Caliber VR, it had a lot of great ideas. Um it came out in some of the early days of VR and the feature set for zero caliber VR is huge. There's huge single pair campaigns. All of your guns have these crazy attachments, different magazine styles. Like it is the feature set is huge, but the whole game, it just feels very unpolished. (laughs) And so, and it makes it somewhat of a shame to play because you feel like there's so much potential there and it's just not great game. So so why is it not, polished well and and there's a little bit of a difference between this game and something like uh war dust which was also very unpolished (laughs) and janky (laughs) there's sort of a different feel um war dust was super janky and unpolished but it just made for incredible moments of just laughing at the sheer ridiculousness of the game right (laughs) zero caliber vr is unpolished in a frustrating way Mm, where you pick up a gun and half of the gun doesn't render (laughs) or (laughs) you try and climb and you can climb on this ladder, but you can't on this ladder. (laughs) And it it just is very frustrating. Hmm. What's that? I'm starting to get what you're putting down now. Like what that difference. Yeah. Hopefully they fix that with the new one. Yeah. And so again, this sounds like the sort of thing that it has some incredible ideas and I hope that it does it well, because if they do it well, this is going to be a fantastic experience, and I'd love to do an episode where we're all just driving around in the car. <laughs> oh, that would be fine. So. Yeah, but again, we'll—I'll see. I'd like to see it when it comes out to see how it is. <laughs> I definitely think there's a different expectation for uh, this game than there is for it. Like, War Dust is just like a small game made by very—I mean, they're all made by a small amount of people, but a smaller amount of people, and you just tell from the menu screen, like, okay, this game is jank. But we're just going to have fun with it. Zero Caliber is like, you know, they put out these serious trailers. They put, they are marketing their game like it's going to be like, like it, like they want it to be a top notch shooter, that they want to nail those, the, the experience of shooting guns in VR. That's like their shtick. So they got to nail it and they haven't. So I, I get what you know. Yeah, so I hope they nail it with this next one, though. Uh, personally, I'm excited to see how it turns out. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely absolutely. have to try it out. Well, on the other side of the spectrum, PSVR exclusive Paper Beast is coming to PC VR this summer. Paper Beast is described as a surreal wildlife simulation. It launched on PSVR and it's slated 
to release Steam VR headsets sometime this summer. Uh, it's going to support the Rift, the Vive, the Index, basically everything. Steam, Oculus, Viveport, all of it. So now we have a game that is all about the aesthetics. If those of you out there haven't seen Paper Beast, haven't seen anything about it, it's these animals that are like made of bits of paper is what it looks like. And I, I feel like that might have been a really crafty way to make them look pretty polygonal and easily. <laughs> but between the music and the style of it, it looks gorgeous. It, it looks like it's a magical experience that you ride along with. But with that, you're teleporting with snap turns. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> how is this possible? Like... How long have we been in VR? How many times have we told the developers we don't want this? Maybe uh, it's because, you know, they're used to PlayStation VR where you don't have the joysticks. And, oh, I don't know, they're being lazy about the port to P to PC, I guess. Maybe. That's that's what worries me about this. Uh, the whole thing also, uh, people are a little bothered. You can get through in about three hours. Uh, it's a little short. And it was. 30 bucks yeah three hours for Ooh. a 30 buck game the 10 bucks an hour is a little bit on the pricey side yeah, yeah. i mean vader immortal wasn't really any better but at least it was <laughs> star wars you aren't offering star wars paper beast you gotta either increase the the game i guess or increase the time of the game yeah, yeah and that's so, the thing maybe so, they'll add other things later on to make it more worth it maybe i'm i'm not hopeful i do think the developers made a beautiful looking game and apparently there's puzzle elements so certain animals have certain abilities and you have to like use those get through areas like cool stuff but like again this many years into vr if you're gonna stick me with teleportation and snap turns your game better not cost much oh yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna be happy about it so i i do not see this being a great and exciting move for the pc vr community have you played this on playstation no, I uh, I keep up with a guy, a VR YouTuber who does all the PSVR stuff. And after watching his review, I decided not to get it. Um, gotcha. And he's saying good praises for it. Uh, that guy as well. He reviews PSVR games and he talked about how it was going. But at the price, it was just way too much for what you're getting. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll come out 20 bucks on PC and that'll be a little better. I don't know. Mm. Right. It looks like origami in VR. Yeah. <laughs> It's the art style that of origami. Is, you don't cool. do any origami, but <laughs> no, yeah, just style. the visuals. Like I wasn't expecting that when um, I watched the video for it. Right. So I mean, yeah, right. it's very unique. Yeah. Although I would, I would be down for some origami in VR. Developers, if the, if there's something you can give us, where we get to build mm -hmm. things in VR. That is something I love to do. So like, let's get some more games like that. Let's make make some contraptions. Fantastic contraptions. Fun. All right, give me three years. I'll get that for you. <laughs> okay, I'll be waiting. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to say anything on the podcast without his permission, uh, in too much detail. But Adam was giving me a little bit more, little bit more details on the game he's been working on, and without saying what it was, I will tell you guys, I'm super psyched. I loved the ideas <laughs> he was talking about. Cannot wait to like share more. Just, just, just to you know, drop a little hype in there. As long as there's going to be three review codes coming this way. Yeah, right exactly. Here. The three of us. <laughs> well, like, that was something I wonder about. Like, when, when Adam releases his game, do, is that something we want to play as it's being, you know, as it's coming out? Or is it something the host would be better off playing once it's, like, done, done? I, I, do you have any hmm. preference? Have you thought about that? 
you know, it'll be something to think about. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> definitely when we get close to the date, you will all get early access copies, regardless of if we want to talk about <laughs> it on the show or not. <laughs> nice. Sounds good. Just tear it up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And with that, we are moving on from our game section. We have one more Q&A question before we hop into the new the the, the games section. This question is from Tech RS, and um, I forgot what it was he exactly said, but I knew it boiled down to PlayStation VR or Oculus Quest. Which one, fellas? Now, Jay, you've had a whole video on this, so you're going to talk yep. last. Adam? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Personal preference, Quest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quest. Quest is the way of the future, and PSVR seems like it's not. <laughs> yeah, in especially my personal with the PlayStation opinion. Five coming out. Yes. Destiny. Destiny. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, like I said, I really love my Quest. I don't regret it, especially with all the new stuff that's coming out for it. And um, and now that you know you're able to run it through PC, especially for people who aren't console gamers. I mean, yeah, Quest for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, and for those that are like, why these two headsets in particular? Why are these the ones to get? So the Quest is standalone. It's $400. You don't need a PC. You don't need a console. It's $400 and you're done. With that and benefit of if you have a PC or if you know you're going to get one later, it connects to a PC and then you get to play PC games. Super cool options. The PlayStation, you will never connect to a PC, but... It connects to a console, which means technically it can handle things a little bit tougher than the Quest can. Um, and while it's how much is this PlayStation VR these days? What does it go for? If you if you paid brand new, it's still three fifty, which I think is crazy. But you can find these things on Facebook Marketplace for a hundred and twenty five, right, hundred and fifty. Exactly. So you're looking at and and it, it doesn't even need like a PS4 Pro. You can run this thing on a regular PlayStation. So. You could probably, I, I'm going to make a quick estimate of, you could probably get into PlayStation VR for around $300 if you knew where to look, shop um, by in both getting a PlayStation and a PSVR. And so many people that don't have a gaming PC already have a PlayStation. So for all you guys, it's like, well, why don't I just, why spend $400 on a Quest when I can just spend $100 and get a PlayStation VR headset? And as Adam touched on, the PlayStation VR headset, we're pretty sure here, I think everyone's in agreement, is about to get phased out. We have the PlayStation 5 coming out. We're expecting more details. The PlayStation VR headset itself is already more and more starting to look outdated. And they're, if whether or not they're planning on it, they should be getting a new headset out. So I think that three hundred, that extra $300 is worth it. The, the, and especially if you're like... If you're going full price, three hundred and fifty for a PlayStation VR versus four hundred dollars for a Quest, no brainer. Get a Quest. Oculus is going all in on this headset, and we're going to see so much more out of it. It's absolutely the way to go. And the controllers. I mean, I definitely would prefer yeah. Oh, yeah. like the uh, <laughs> Quest controllers over PSVR. Oh man, the yeah, the the, the PlayStation Move controllers versus <laughs> that these the Oculus Touch controllers, guys, are phenomenal they're like short of the index controllers they're the best in class so maybe a little yeah, every, small for big hands but everything everyone said here is right the only there's only three reasons even i said in the video that you would even consider a psvr 
over a quest. One is price, obviously. You can get them you can get them used super cheap. Two, comfort. PSVR beats almost any headset as far as comfort, but especially the quest. Uh if you're gonna get a quest, look into some comfort mods, I'm telling mm-hmm. you now. Uh and three, the amount of games available. It's getting better with the quest, but for a long time there, it was painful how small the library was for the quest. And if you don't have a PC, that's the only reason you're considering these two. You're not going to be able to get a link and play all those games. So those are the only three reasons in which it would be in any way superior. But yeah, no quest is definitely right now the way to go. Or if you, if you're not in a hurry, you need to save the money, hold out, see what they say about the PS five and PSVR. Who knows? There might be some sort of surprises coming, but definitely the quest is, Oh, it's in most ways better, except for how uncomfortable it is. That is, that's my biggest qualm. (laughs) And the so for those that aren't like keeping up with the industry uh numbers like us nerds the oculus quest is right now outselling everything not just by a small margin but by nearly double if all the all the develop excuse me (laughs) all the developers that know what they're doing right now are buying into the oculus quest because that's where money's being made and something to keep in mind too with that statistic uh, that's a terribly skewed statistic. The Quest has been sold out forever, everywhere. No, I mean, in, if there was I mean, in units, software sales, software sales. Oh, in software sales. Okay, because in even in hardware, if the Quest had been available this whole time, they they were there would be so many sold. Oh, there yeah. would be so much more software sales too. Like it has just been painfully hard to get one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Facebook. Come on, we gotta we gotta they figure something out here. Literally, people can't wanna... keep up with production, which is yeah. You know, it's really just because of quarantine. I'm sure they'd be on it if not for quarantine, or not quarantine. The coronavirus, social distancing, yeah. social all, distancing all and coronavirus. Yes, in the holidays, really kill it. Cause I know, like around um, Christmas, I knew some people that were trying to get their hands on one, and it was really tough because they were selling out so quick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, before this, it was bad, and then it got really bad. You, the scalpers had them up to $800 at one point, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, it was insane. Yeah. It's the, the, as, as not, as much as I'm not looking forward to the wait list that is, the, that the index has that um, Adam and I are now going to be going through, it is kind of nice to know that it's just like on a list and they're just being made and as soon as mine comes up i'll have one whereas for the oculus quest and the rift s it's it's more of just you have to like it for those that are like listening in closely now uh use uh now in stock.net i think it is and just subscribe to everything related to the quest and the rift s um and you'll or not and uh, or the rift s and you can see um when they come in stock because they 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 are in stock a lot but they go really quickly because everyone's looking for them it's kind of like how nintendo was with their like mini es and all those um where it it goes on sale they they go they they are refreshed in stock nearly weekly but they go so fast that you have to just be super on top of it and it means that a lot of people are waiting weeks because they cannot get it in time that's it's super unfortunate. All right. Now, for the gaming section. As usual, this gaming section is brought to you by, well, no one, because we still have no sponsors. But if you'd like to be our sponsor, please reach out to me at ripmacby at fulldivepodcast.com. All right. For the first game, Jay, you've been playing Crisis Brigade. What do you think? I played Crisis Brigade, too. 
Number two, so we're on the second one. The sequel is right, out now. Right. I I played it. I was frustrated. Oh no! Stop playing it. Oh so, no! So let me give you a quick synopsis of what the game is. Basically, if you know what Time Crisis is on the arcade, that's what you're doing in VR. Okay. You're, you stand in one spot. You have to physically take cover. You're shooting these characters that are trying to shoot you. And then once you've cleared the area, you get to choose go left or right or maybe straight. There's usually only two options. You choose a direction to go. Takes you down the path basically through in disguise teleportation. I'll say it's like takes you 10 feet, 10 feet, and then you're there. Uh-oh. And then same thing all over again. You oh. shoot people. You might get to pick up a gun because you shot somebody. You might get to use an upgrade gun for a minute. You might get to freeze time for a minute. Uh this game is unrelentingly difficult. I was surprised. It felt like an arcade game. Maybe if you'd played Crisis Brigade 1 all the way through, maybe you'd be really good going into it. But it is brutal to try and play. Uh, you get shot three times, I think, or maybe it's twice, and you're dead. Uh, and people are shooting at you from every direction. Your cover is not very good. You're trying to use cover. And... It, it has this upgrade system, basically. So let's say you made it three points in, you get 20 tokens. So then you should restart the game, and you can now try to spend your 20 tokens to get further. Well, the big problem was the 20 tokens, you need at least 50 to even buy an extra life. So you're having to commit to dying three times to even get one extra life. And if you get 200 tokens, you can do a continue. 100 tokens, you get a laser sight. So there's all these little upgrades. It is brutal. Uh, um, but the question is, are those tokens microtransactions? <laughs> I don't believe so. And the game, okay, even though it's out, it's not fully up. There's going to be an online multiplayer mode. So if you were going into this with three of your friends, it'd probably be a lot easier. But by yourself, I was physically ducking. I was shooting. I was sweating. It was. It was a felt like a real brutal fight, and it was just. I, and I said in the video, I don't want to not recommend the game just because I'm bad at it. The game was beautiful. Uh, it was surprisingly better looking than I expected because the first one was really cartoon looking. This one was still kind of cartoon, but it looked really good. Okay. Uh, the guns work quite well. The aiming, everything about them is really good, but it is just brutal. Like, I left it so frustrated that I don't know if I'll want to go back. Um, if you're into that kind of game, it could be great, but it is just, oh man. I don't know about these tough. other shooter, uh, uh, Destiny and Adam, who I know are also into shooters, but for me, this is like, I hear you play it, and, and talk about how hard it is, and I'm like, ooh, a challenge. I, I'm... <laughs> you see, I don't get that feeling, though, because it sounds like it's an arcade shooter. You don't get to move on your own. You're behind cover. Right. And so it, it sounds kind of uninventive. Like, we've moved past this in shooters True. for VR. It, it sort of feels like we're regressing a little bit. And so, I don't know. For me personally, it doesn't sound like my thing. Mm-hmm. One the one thing, if you're really motion sick, the way the system they use are really smart, you probably would never get motion sick in this game at all. True. The way it's designed. So if you've been in Pavlov and you got sick the moment you tried to move or something, maybe this game would be a nice starter shooter game. I know, Destiny, you've struggled a little tiny bit with motion sickness. So what do you think? Does this excite you at all? Well, I mean, the fact that you just said that that's a little bit easier as far as motion sickness then um, that would definitely interest me because obviously, yeah, um, in Pavlov, I still do experience it on a small level. But um, so to be able to have an FPS game for people, um, you know, that makes it a little bit less queasy than sure. Mm. Sounds like I'd give it a try. Yeah, I, oof. I, I have it, it already just purchased tough. it. So I'm looking forward uh, to 
Um, I will be interested to hear your experience next yeah. week then because <laughs> I I never so it looked like there was only three levels. Maybe you once you pass those through, you get to new ones. So I think that might be part of the reason it's so difficult is so that you get more playability out of these levels. But after I think maybe six or seven attempts, I only made it to the boss of the first level and then died immediately wow. in that section. <laughs> so it there was no satisfaction of like doing better, or getting further. It felt like I either got unlucky and got shot or I got lucky and didn't. It didn't feel like I was necessarily <laughs> getting better at the game. Mm-hmm. It was tough. I think as long as you like, I guess at least for me to also want to play the game, if it was an online multiplayer game where you can play with your friends and kind of turn it into like, you know, more of like just a fun experience, then that would definitely, you know, entice me a little bit more to play it. Yeah. Well, wait till this summer because there's a thing that said it's coming this summer. So wait till this summer and then get in and try it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, just by myself. Eh, but. Right. Same thing with Pavlov. That's one of my favorite, you know, things with it. It was one of my first, like, online multiplayer games. I think that makes a huge difference. Right, yeah. Co-op, you know, any bad game is fun in co-op. So (laughs) struggling together might be fun. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah. So that's my thoughts. Let me know out there what you think, you know. Give us a comment. If you've played the first one, the second one, tell us what you think. Rip, what have you been playing? Okay, well, I do have... So, <clears throat> one moment. I I closed a window and I've been trying to get it working this whole time. And whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? All right, wait. I figured out what was wrong. Okay, I got it now. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I played the Wizards, and thankfully, someone wrote the full name here because I had totally forgotten. Uh, which uh... is why I was trying to find it. Uh, <laughs> the Wizards Dark Times is the new one. So. There was already the Wizards, and then there was the Wizards Enhanced Edition, I think it was. And that was, it was the same game. Um, and I played that um, on Oculus Rift S, and so on the Oculus software. And I thought it was kind of a, like a low budget, maybe some good ideas, but not executed all that well kind of a game. Just like, like a lot of games on vr where it's like it feels a little bit half-baked and the graphics really really needed some work so dark times comes out um i've been looking forward to this because um if i remember correctly this game is made in unreal engine there's not a lot of games that are doing that but the ones that are tend to look a lot better um it's the what is it called contractors vr which is the shooter we talked about it last week looked phenomenal and that was made in Unreal Engine. And seeing that, seeing what that looks like, got me super hyped for seeing more games in VR with Unreal Engine. So this is a, this has it, and it shows. It's way better looking, guys. If uh, Jay, you'd mentioned <laughs> that you didn't know if you'd be into this because it, like the first one was so bad, and the new one didn't necessarily look that much be- that much better. I've only put two hours in, but already in my two hours, I'm having a lot of fun. The graphics look good. The gameplay is a l- perhaps a little simplistic still, and it being low budget still shows. Like the voice acting can be completely hit or miss. The soundtrack is okay, but forgettable. But the spells look really cool. They are way better than they were in the previous game. Everything feels a little bit more fluid. You feel a little more badass when you're playing, which is, you know, you're playing as a wizard. You want to 
feel like a badass mage, right? <laughs> and they do it. They do that. The the fireballs look sick. They are like these. Well, they look like fireballs. Who am I kidding? They look cool. Um, <laughs> and in, in VR, it always makes it better. Um, so the the gameplay. I've yet to get far enough where I think I'm really being challenged because I can very quickly just cast fireballs over and over and over and just kind of and they and they auto aim on people so if you can definitely cheese your way through the game so far um but you've got a lot of spells they're fun to create the game has puzzle sections ish well it does okay it doesn't have puzzle sections it has a bit of like like sort of forced um i'm gonna call it uncharted stuff where you need to yeah see adam's like i know what you're saying where you have to like climb a wall or climb a rope or whatever. And most of the time it feels unnecessarily unnecessary where there'd be like, you'd be going through a tunnel. The tunnel would drop down like four feet or so. And there's a rope to get down. Like, gosh, darn it. Just give me a ramp. Like this isn't added <laughs> gameplay. You're just padding the game now. Um, <laughs> the, there was a lot of that, but um, ignoring that, I think the game looks good. I, can't wait to get back into it which i think says a lot because the previous game i played it and would more was just couldn't wait to like feel like i'd already played an hour and therefore say i've played it um, <laughs> you know this game this game i want to i want to hop back in even if the gameplay isn't all that hard it just i don't know like there was a bit of story there i'm interested the visuals look cool i want to shoot more fireballs gosh darn it yeah i i would recommend this it's um Unfortunately, $30, that might be a hard sell. I will admit that. But on sale, this game, I think, is worth picking up so far. I'll, I'll talk about it next podcast once I finish the game, if I've done that nice. by then. Well, and a lot of, I mean, magic and spells is kind of a thing we can all say VR is, it, uh, it works. It's obviously right for it. And many games have tried it. How many have nailed it? That's much, much less. So the fact that you're saying this one really feels like you're actually the badass mage, that gets me more excited because I played uh, the Enhanced Edition. I was playing it with a 3D router. That might have just screwed my whole life up, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I definitely didn't. It felt like, oh, it felt like, oh, it's wands or, oh, it's these other ones where, yeah, you're casting spells and you're doing some stuff. But the fact that you said there's a story, like a real story, that gets me like, ooh, because part of being a mage or being in magic is a story. It's not just throwing fireballs right. because you can do that for a few minutes and be cool. But there's got to be a story. There's got to be a tale to it. If I'm in a fantasy game, I want a tale. So I'm in. Right. It's building the world that you're in. It's not just, oh, hey, look at me. Look at what I can do. It's the magical world around yes. you. That's really yeah. that's really cool to learn about. And the levels are also really good. I want to I forgot to mention that level design really upgraded from the last game. There's, you know, it starts a little bit more narrow, but like as towards where I had to stop due to time, um, they like it started really opening up more. There was like cool stuff, and I like, yeah, it is, it looks really good, plays really well. Nice. Would recommend. All right, Destiny, what have you been playing? Yeah, so I may be kind of late to this, but I finally got around to playing um, Richie's Plank Experience. And nice. it's actually a lot of fun. And I wanted to do it right. Um, I've seen a lot of videos where, where the people are using the plank and stuff. So I actually went out to my garage and found like an old piece Wait, of wood. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there. Tell them real quick what the game's about. 
yeah, like for me personally, I've I've I haven't heard. Yeah, so what? so like what? they don't know why you need the perfect experience. <laughs> okay, wow. So yeah, um, with this game, basically the main modes that I tried, um, I don't know. There, I'm sure there was more to it, but the first mode, you kind of like step into this elevator and then you have different options like you can do just the plank experience right so you push that button and then it takes you to the top of this building and as it opens up you're literally like looking out over like the entire city like super super high up and there's just this like thin small plank that you have to like walk out on and you see down like it's just insane like it gives you that kind of like that roller coaster feeling and Mm. um and so, like, a lot of people will use, like, a real plank to give them that, you know, that real, real feeling. And so, um, but like I said, the other modes, I don't even really know. There wasn't a name for them. Or, well, I don't know. Okay. So, like, maybe y'all can tell me more if y'all have played more of this game. But basically, there was, like, a button for donuts, a button for cake, and a button for, like, spiders. What? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't really know what you'd call it, but, like, so you push the different buttons, and at the end of the plank, it'll show you that. So, like, if you push the donuts, it'll show you a pile of donuts at the end of the plank. They're incentives. They're trying to get you to walk the oh, plank. Oh, okay. Is that what... Because I was like, what is this? But, um, but the spider one was really funny. It was, like, spider cake. And I was like, okay, so let's see what this is. So you go out, it looks like a normal cake, but then when you start to pick up the pieces, there's like spiders all in it. And then these huge, massive spiders come out of nowhere, like, and start crawling all over the building. And it's, it's just crazy. But, um, and then there's like a few other modes where you, like one, you um, basically have like two little uh, like jetpacks. Um, or I don't know what you would call them, but basically they help you kind of zoom around the map. And then you, if you holster behind your shoulders, you get two um, fire extinguishers and you have to go around the city, like putting out fires. And so it, it's like a very interesting game. Like it's not just, right. That's why I was like, Ooh, what is all this? And I'm sure there's more that I haven't even got to touch one yet. But um, and for those modes, you don't even really need the plank. That's only just for the like pure plank experience. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I know totally worth it. I mean, especially for people who are new to VR, it seemed like a very very easy game to get into, that gives you that immersive experience. But um, it, I as far as motion sickness, I don't think it's an issue at all. For people who are scared of heights, that's you know a little bit different. That might <laughs> kind of freak you right, out right. but um totally worth it it was yeah it was a really really fun game so that's the yeah that's the whole point of it it's a fear of height simulator everything else <laughs> is just added little bonuses right and truly it is a vr experience the game part comes in when you start sticking your friends in this thing and then watching them try to walk the plank <laughs> because the legs start to shake especially if someone's never been in vr this is a good one to really show them how immersive especially if they're one of the haters oh it's not real it doesn't look real put them in this and watch them be crying trying to walk the plank <laughs> uh and Adam, we watched that viral video. Uh, oh, yeah, about that's right. So the guy oh, that that's Richie dove story. off. That oh. was, yep, that was it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. There's so, another mode where you fly and you write in the sky. So you can yeah, like, drop see, I think I have to try that one yet. So, Destiny, yeah, did you, you get a plank? Did you, did, did you get your own plank to play it with? 
yeah, it was great. I was really hoping I had something around, but um, so yeah, I went out to my garage and I found like an old piece of like siding uh, or like a thicker board (laughs) that you know worked at least for the time being. Because I've seen some of these people and they like go off. They really make a really cool setup, but I just used what I had with me and um, it totally helped like enhance the experience. So yeah, if you get this game and you do have something, I totally recommend like putting two and two together and getting the full experience of it mm-hmm. my yes. my house yeah. is under construction right now so i'm very tempted to get this game get one of those like pieces big pieces of plywood out out back and just like bring that and <laughs> bring that inside here and do it i'm telling out. you like i actually regret not trying this sooner at least for the quest like i know it's it's a huge game like a lot of people uh, or like what yes, you said yes. experience like a lot of people talk about it and i always heard about it but it just didn't seem like something that i would be into but i finally gave in and yeah it's you're not going to regret it yeah. so yeah. You how much sh- is you it do that. actually it wasn't bad i think it was only 14.99 um i mean okay compared to you know other price points it was pretty reasonable right yeah and the enjoyment you're going to get out with other people but measure your plank before you go in right because in the main menu it actually lets you put in the dimensions of your real life plank yeah to give you <laughs> maximum immersion <laughs> i so saw that i saw that people can do that yeah it's it's fun that's really adam cool, what about you so this week I've been playing Vox Machina, mm-hmm. which Rip talked about in a previous week, a previous episode. It is a mech simulator. So you get to pilot a couple stories tall mech and then fight other mechs in it. And I enjoyed it way more than I should have. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It is incredible. And honestly, I like it way more than I, I play a lot of flight simulators and I like it even more. The experience is a lot more immersive than a lot of the flight simulators that I play just because everything in the cockpit is interactable. Right. You have a little radio and you pick it up and that's how you talk to people. You have like an air horn that you pull down. Just being in the cockpit, even without combat, is just a blast. Right. Exploring and looking at all the different pieces. Um, it's a really fun game and interacting with all the different mechs and weapons and everything is a total blast. Uh, when I try and talk about games though, there's sort of this feeling of like, how long is this game going to last you, right? (laughs) Is it, is it a day game, a week game, a month game, or like a year game where maybe Pavlov is like a year game. There's just infinite content. Um, tower tag is maybe a day game or an hour game, (laughs) a minute, minute game. (laughs) Yeah. So Vox Machina is maybe for when I'm looking at it, maybe like a week game. Mm. It's really fun to get into, really interactive, great game, um, especially when you're playing with other people. I can't imagine, though, once you really get used to piloting it around, maybe there's like an added level of you really get good at piloting it against other players. But I'm sort of feeling it's like a week-long game. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, but all in all, really enjoyed it. So, do you remember my rant about the controls? <laughs> I didn't run into the same problems that you did. Okay. That's <laughs> so, good to hear. I actually found the controls pretty intuitive. Yeah, the, it's sort of weird um, with having to control your forward and backward speed and your boost on one hand. Mm-hmm. It does mean that you have to switch back and forth. But I didn't find that I needed to control both of those at the same time very often. So, it wasn't too big of a deal. Okay. Yeah, I was a bigger problem for me. 
yeah. So the bigger problem for me was I kept ejecting accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> How? Is it because you... Oh, I think I know why. <laughs> yes. It is very easy to grab with the index controllers. That is the only problem that I have with the index controllers is that a lot of programs, uh, VR chat included, makes it very easy to grab things with the index controllers accidentally. Mm -hmm. And so if I dropped my hands down, if I was, say, just finished off an enemy and needed to relax my hands, I would accidentally grab <laughs> the eject handle. <laughs> Which was unfortunate. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. It literally is. They they put the jick kind of like, I don't know, like you might imagine some like uh, a ship to be or something. The, the eject is like right between your legs. It's that like, you know, reach down and pull and then you, you know, fly up into the air sort of a thing. Um, and I totally hadn't considered that like, it, because I ended, I ended up deciding to play on a uh, Xbox controller. So I didn't play that long with the rift but even with the rift controllers you can pretty easily avoid accidentally grabbing the grip buttons i told you though i told you adam there's a way to change that well you you should adjust those settings <laughs> i spoke of when i say i talked about it like literally right before the recording of this podcast i was talking to him about um if you have the index controllers you can change the sensitivity so that you can more you can you can rest your fingers on the pads but it won't actually consider it as a grip in games where it's more of like a in games like that where they didn't really make them with the index it's not built for it right yes um which, so when you're playing games like that where you want a more uh where you don't feel like you have to have your hands sprayed out splayed out wide in order to not have the grip button activated um, you can actually adjust it so that you can rest your hands on it and it doesn't do anything. Um, it takes like proper gripping the controller and then it'll activate. So you should try that. We'll do. And maybe that can be a discussion for another day because there's lots of different controller designs out there. Mm -hmm. And incorporating games for all of the different designs can maybe be a challenge. Oh, I'm sure it is. Especially when you've got like compared to most games, like if you're going like console to console, for the most part, they're just you have. A, a, a B X Y, two joysticks, D pad, and two triggers. There are two sets of triggers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very that and thank goodness they all keep it relatively consistent for that. Um, but yeah, it's while we're seeing some consistency in the in the the VR controllers, it's kind of it's kind of settled on joystick per uh, each thumb gets a joystick and two buttons and then you grip, um, like grip and trigger. Which is nice to see. But that's going to change as more things implement full finger tracking. Because even the PSVR 2 patents show it having it. So that's going to, that's going to be a big change for all of us. And it's going, to, it's going to take some learning. Because I can't imagine your, your troubles you're having over there with me only having these little, little grips. Right. <laughs> well, as long as you're not ejecting accidentally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a fantastic game. Yeah. <laughs> and... I think you should try it. Yeah, it's a lot nice. of fun. And it does feel like it feels like you're driving a building. Like these things are tall. Yes. <laughs> and that's a really How much is it? How much is it? Uh, I think I picked it up for $25. Yeah, that sounds about right. I miss the old days when it was like $7. Like <laughs> every yeah. VR game was like less than $10 for a while. Those were the good old days. I, I you know what? I I could see it being $25. It's certainly got you know, it's a re it's got replayability. It's got multiplayer. It has a 
it's not a dead game, which is really nice. There's people that play it. Um, and it's made really well. Like what he was talking about, it it does feel so much like it was built from the ground up for VR and the cockpit. It, it's so cool to have a cockpit that you can interact with. Like you can grab your, like instead of just having a mini map on your HUD, you have this like little panel that you can like grab and bring it to the front of you and then like slide it back if you want. You know, it's little stuff like that that it's filled with, and it's so cool to have. It adds so much experience, and it, clearly they put a lot of effort into this, and I can see why they're they're charging like a, a, a close to thirty dollar game for this. I, I guess. Nice. All right, with that, we're going to move on to the discussion section. This question, let's see, not this question. This discussion section is uh, brought to you by a user we've for the past two podcasts, been able to just sort of answer people's questions and then have one of the questions just be like the discussion section because we wanted to talk about it more. So we've got another example of that. This one's from VTid. He asked us, is this verbatim what we have here? The I think this is copy and paste it, okay, but cool. you don't have to. Oh, no, I, I want to I say it. I just wanted to make, okay. I wanted to see if it was just our interpretation or not. So he asks, what are your thoughts on how important play space size is for VR? And do you think this is a major factor in putting people off getting into VR in the first place? Personally, I have, this is, this is him talking still. Personally, I have always had a relatively small play space, but over the years, I have found I really don't need much at all anyway. The only game I've had to, quote, retire from is Elven Table Tennis, because I really, I need several meters either side and behind me to compete with the best and to stop injuring myself. All right, to stop you real quick, I think that's 11 table tennis because Elven table tennis would be an incredible <laughs> game. <laughs> You're right, it is 11. I don't know why I said Elven. <laughs> that would be cool, though. Uh, I I think the, the general rule of thumb from what I've seen as far as what you're asking about room scale, if a game lets you use the joysticks, no. You don't really need room scale. If it doesn't, <laughs> you do need space and i think he's totally right this is putting people off because a lot of people say oh i don't have the space i don't have the space well they don't know a game like pavlov where you can do just about anything you literally only need to be able to turn around and reach your hands out that's all you need to be able to do that's that's a small what for most people that's less than a six foot circle yep. for most people but there are games out there like super hot and like job simulator that don't allow you to move around with a joystick and you're going to need some physical space to move around your room right so i I think they need to get better as developers at remembering that and programming in some options for it somehow. Uh, I don't know how. I'm, I'm not a developer, but games like Super Hot, a lot of people have been put off because they really wanted to play it. And immediately they're running around their room and punching everything in the room and hurting themselves <laughs> and they can't enjoy it. Right. Uh, that's one more mark why the quest is the future because you can take it out in your garage anywhere you need to to play. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I can just add a counterpoint to that, though, you don't need a play space. But if you have a bigger play space, you will definitely enjoy certain games a lot more, in my opinion. So for things like even like Pavlov, which does offer joystick support, I find that it really helps intuitively that even though you're moving around with the joystick, you're up against the corner and you intuitively take a step forward to lean around right. the corner to try and take a shot. 
And so having a bigger play space lets you do more of those intuitive movements. So if you do have a bigger play space, you'll get sort of that added immersion from it mm -hmm. that you may not otherwise have. Is it enough to prevent you from getting VR if you don't have a big play space? Absolutely not. VR is incredible regardless of the size of your play space, but it will definitely enhance your experience in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's the the I right now I have a big play space, but I used to just play at my studio back up in Oregon and it was not a large play space. It was like it was basically a, I think it was roughly four feet by five feet <laughs> it was really <laughs> small um and you know what if you can um if you can stretch both your hands out i'm doing this in vr for those hello vijay <laughs> 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 um, if you can if you can you know put put your hands out like do your full wingspan do a 360 um and if you can do that standing up crouching because you don't not just standing like if you do that and like but there's still something below your hand you'll probably hit that playing beat saber or something yeah you don't want to punch your tape yeah exactly <laughs> um but so you know and then maybe 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 one foot or two of give after that because you're go whether or not you mean to you will move um especially when you're playing a game that has you reacting to stuff and you know the the animal instincts will kick in, kick in before your logic does, and um, you want a little bit of give perhaps to make sure that you don't punch your TV, but it's you can really manage it. And um, I don't know, wear boxing gloves. <laughs> get a mat, get a mat to stand on that will keep you closer yeah, to the zone. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, that is one of my favorite ideas for helping control that. But honestly, in a lot of games, you can actually sit down now. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of games are supporting sitting down. The wizard game I was playing, I'm pretty certain it support. You could at any moment press the A button, which I found a little too easy to. I mean, I didn't accidentally press it, but I was like, I'm surprised they have such like, an, like you just press A and it instantly recenters your HUD. I don't know if I was like happy about that or not, but um, yeah, a lot of game support just like you don't even need a room space. A, a, room scale anymore you don't even need a four by four foot you just need a, a chair and i guess room to move your arms but yeah we're coming yes. a long way you know note to all vr creators out there this is the one one more just unsung benefit of psvr no matter what game you're playing what control you have a dual shock and aim moves you hold the start button down and it immediately recalibrates you to the center of whatever yes. game you're playing i miss that in every game i play on pc i swear it drives me crazy all the time put a little button on controllers going forward please that you just hold and it re-centers you all the time it would make such a difference yes. even for us here in the podcast we have a hard time getting in our chairs and then if we move something's wrong it's like get up it's, it's just one of those things it'd be so nice please mm -hmm. please anything more to say <laughs> uh, i'd love to hear some from destiny because you played with a quest a lot uh, way more than I have, and you don't have wires. Do you find that that's good or bad with your play space? Um, well, because you know my exact setup. So with my layout, because I have a wall in between my computer and my actual oh, yeah. play space, if I'm wanting to run it with the link, 
I do find it pretty inconvenient, especially for games where I need to be moving around um, since I'm not used to the wires. But um, I mean, as far as like just running it without the link, I do have a smaller play space and I, it's not a huge issue. Like I said, mainly it's just when I'm trying to run it through the PC. I felt like it got people into trouble quickly when I let them play with the quest. The fact that there was no wire really made them feel like they could just go do whatever they wanted. Uh, that might have been a noob thing, but it's definitely if you have people on a quest, make them sit down maybe the first time just because they're going to run across the room and break something, if not themselves. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. But and I mean, making sure that like you're using the Guardian properly definitely helps, especially now mm -hmm. with one of the quest updates. Um I don't know how to describe it, but basically when you're setting up the Guardian, oh, yeah, everything, this. yeah, like it's like these little like like dots, like sticks. I don't, I don't know. You just have to see a picture of it, but it's basically like an enhanced grid to help show you where objects are so that that way you can make sure to mark around it, you know, just like as a safety precaution. So, mm. um, I mean, that definitely helps. But yeah, if you're new to it and trying to describe that, it's pretty hard to... <laughs> you know, new people right. trying right. to set it up for the first time. Yeah, it's basically using, because um, the way Ocul the Oculus systems work is it's, um, and, and there's a lot of tech that kind of works this way, where it's looking for contrast in order to find places in the world um, to take it like, like it's used in like video editing as well. Like if you want to track an object, you find a point on that object where there's some really clear contact contrast, because it, it'll typically always look that way. So uh, it basically is showing you every point it found. Well, probably not every point because that would be a lot, but it's showing you a lot of the points it found in your world of like, there's some really high contrast here. Um, and it'll choose that point. And uh, it, as you move around, it'll, it'll see it on the camera and be able to recognize it. And that's what it's showing you. So it's a 3D world of points. It's really cool. Um, I really like that update. But um, I mean, like I said, other than that, definitely as far as playing without the cord, I've definitely gotten in trouble a few times as far as the environment getting too close yep. around me. Yep. But luckily, underneath, I have quite a bit of space in between like my nose and the headset itself. So I try to like be pretty aware of you know where mm -hmm. i am but i do want to do the idea that jay was talking about because i've heard of people doing that before with the whole mat thing so right. that's right. pretty cool and if you don't want to get a mat um i uh, people constantly ask me on discord rip what's turn signal because every time i play a game on steam vr um I, steep turn signal boots up and it shows that as the game i'm playing um so uh to answer all you uh, very curious people in the discord community uh, turn signal. I would highly recommend it if you're going to be playing a game on Steam VR. It uh, is this very low maintenance app. It um, you just install it and it's like good to go. It's it's like click and you're done. It will create a little like star thing. It's hard to explain, but it's really non intrusive. It doesn't like break your immersion to have this little star in your world. So it puts this little star, this gray star thing, on the floor. And it does two things. One, it's always in the center of your play space. So if you ever, so rather than having to like turn and turn on pass through or put your hands out to like try and get your border to show up so you can recenter yourself, I just glance down, see the center, and walk to it, which is so nice. And then you have the added added benefit of when you spin, it 
shows you that you've turned and it's so it's basically cord management so that in order to keep your cord healthier and make it last longer you you never want a cord to have to twist too much and the more you twist it the the shorter its lifetime will be so by having this program you can more often make sure that you're recentering yourself especially when you're playing a game that has you moving around a lot super nice there's really it's like all benefits basically no downsides um i would highly recommend it sold yeah i haven't heard of that I'd heard of it, but I imagined I kept thinking it would be like this big arrow would show. Oh no! Turn left or something. No, no, I thought no. it was going to be pretty intrusive, so I didn't do it. Yeah, no, it's super like I. It's and it's like low. It's small enough and out of your way enough that you never n- really notice it. The only time you notice it is once you've moved away enough from your middle spot, and then you're glad it was there <laughs> because then you can go back to the center. Um. Yeah, and it's like a, a light gray. It's also you can change its opacity. You can change that. That that's its like see throughness for those who aren't um, familiar with that word. Um, you can change. It's it's really customizable. You can also at any point reset it if you like weren't happy with how it was when you first booted up. You can reset the rotation really easily through the Steam dashboard. It's yeah, it's a really cool program, and it will definitely it is really useful when you're playing in a really small play space. You, you can always stay centered, which is really cool. Dave, this is for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go get it. All right. And with that, I think we're going to wrap this podcast up. We're now at roughly an hour and 20-ish. I don't know. It's it's always hard to say because like, I, I, I press the record button, and then we take a while to get going, and then we actually start. So I don't know. I, I it says here one hour and 27 minutes, but I think it's around one hour and 20 in reality. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, we've got all sorts of links to really cool places. We've got our awesome Discord community. Cannot recommend enough joining. For those of you that are like, I'm already in so many Discord communities. Why would I join this one if it's just a place to talk? We've got Q&A section that you can take part in. We've got um, other stuff, my mind totally blanked <laughs> the occasional giveaway the occasional giveaway memes because why not um and, and lots of fun community interaction yeah and we're there you know we're not that one we're not that discord community where like the hosts are there but they're not really talking in it no we're constantly in our uh, in our chats we're really proud about that would recommend it you know it's a really cool place to hang out so we've got our discord community again this is all recorded in uh in vr so check out the youtube channel to see that all happening it's a really cool experience and that's it podcast done (laughs) bye-bye next week